Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruden. Very excited to have a fellow Daniel on the podcast today, uh, Daniel Harkavy, who's the uh, CEO of Building Champions and the author of The Seven Perspectives of Effective Leaders, a Proven Framework for Improving Decisions and Increasing Your Influence. Welcome, Daniel. It's great to be with you, Daniel. You know, as you, as you read the title of my book, I thought, you know, that's just long. I just call it the seven perspectives. That's all I'm used to. But yeah, yeah. I yeah, like it's great to be with you. So, you know, let's start with the book. There's a lot to talk about. Um, let's talk about, I guess, maybe a good, let's back it up. Let's talk about uh, how you got into executive coaching and your company. And then we'll, we'll go into the book. So, love to learn more about that. All right. I think that's good. We set a little context for, uh, Where's this guy get uh, get any uh, input to write a book? So it all comes from my client work. So 25 years ago, uh, I moved from Southern California up here to Oregon, and I was 30 years old, and uh, it was in a one-year sabbatical between uh, moving from California, moving up here. Uh, after 10 years in banking, it was a one-year sabbatical that led me to launch Building Champions. Hmm. And Building Champions is an executive coaching and leadership development company where we focus on the beliefs and the behaviors of high-performing leaders. And, uh, you know, the, the impetus for this was that when I was in mortgage banking in my 20s, um, really early on, I was given the opportunity to manage and lead. And uh, I had no college degree. I had no formal management training. I had learned uh, as one who wanted to work from a very young age, I had learned what I didn't want to do as a manager because I had a few of those leaders, which everyone has those stories. That was probably just my immature big ego at the time. They probably were great leaders and I was just a a bit of a, (laughs) uh, you know, an arrogant one. But um, what I did was I developed a, a style and strategy around recruiting and developing people. And it really worked. Hmm. So um, my whole deal was I would fill my days with one-on-ones with the best of the best in the markets in which we served. And my strategy was to add more value to them than did their leader. So I would show up, I would have a notebook, I would take notes on you. If I were recruiting you, I would show up with one goal in mind and that was, I'm going to help you to be more successful, whether you work for me or my comp, my competitor, I don't really care. I'm not going to offer you a job. Mm. I'm just going to add value. Mm -hmm. And over time, you know, I was 22, 23 years old. 
the best in the communities in which we operated all joined my team. Mm. And, you know, fast forward a few years, we had a few hundred uh, of these mortgage consultants in the organization and six of the top 10 were trained and recruited and coached by me. So mm. Uh, we, we did a lot of volume. We did a really great, clean, excellent job, high quality. So you take all of that experience. Then I grew to run production. I ran all of the offices throughout the Western U.S. when I was 27, 28 years old, wow. age 30, one year sabbatical. And um, the part of my job that I really loved back in my 20s was the one-on-one -on -one piece. It was helping people to figure out how to go from where they were to where they could be in business and in life. I love doing that. So I thought, you know, this was back in, in the 90s. I thought, I'll bet you I could make a living just doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's because management was so broken. You know, yeah. if, if managers and leaders did a great job, I'd have no coaching company. Mm -hmm. You and I wouldn't have work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But uh, there's an opportunity for people to grow. So today there's more than 20 coaches. Uh, we're a team of you know, mid thirties headquartered here in Oregon, coaches throughout the country where you work with leaders, not just here in the U S but around the world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and all of that enables me a platform to create content and frameworks to help leaders to think better and then to behave better so that they execute better and get better results. So I want to back up a little bit. Um, about the sabbatical piece. Cause I think I know a lot of leaders right now are going through that either by choice or by not. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you intentionally took that time. I know it was a little while ago. Uh, what are some of the things you, you did during that? And I, I asked that because I think it's valuable for a lot of folks as we're through a global pandemic, yeah. some companies are upended. So I think it'd be, be valuable to, to hear. Yeah. So, um, thanks for asking that question. It's a, it's a good one. Um, I've now come to realize that taking a year off with three kids and, and moving from one state to another without a job um, it is not all that common. And uh, I'm a surfer and have been my whole life. So that was part of my sabbatical. I surfed all the time nice. up and down the West Coast, over in Hawaii, down in Mexico. My wife and I, we rented a, an RV and we just traveled and it was awesome. With three kids? Mm -hmm. in the RV. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. The kids at that time were one, three, and five. And okay. it, was, it was really cool. Um, what I did was, you know, the, the years before I spent a ton of time on airplanes and in cities where I would sleep in, you know, hotels, motels. And... Um, my, my bride and my kids were really important to me. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a book called Living Forward, and it's all about life planning. Mm. And I knew that if I stayed on the trajectory that I was on back in my 20s, that there was a chance that what mattered most to me would be jeopardized. So in that one-year sabbatical, I really built a lot of reserves in my marriage account, in my parenting account, in my adventure account, fresh start, mm -hmm. you know, really... Uh, a time to explore and to, to dream. And uh, so, so in that year, there was a lot of R&R time. Mm -hmm. Really got uh, grounded in kind of what kind of days I wanted to have, what I wanted my rhythms to look like, what kind of freedoms I wanted to have. And I put together three different business plans, um, all of them really different. Mm -hmm. A surf, snowboard, skateboard shop, the boardroom, <laughs> uh -huh. a restaurant, a bagel shop, 
completely different, and then a coaching company. And all of them would give me the opportunity to connect with people in the community and to care about them and to, you know, bring up the best in them and, and uh, to be who I was with them. I really liked that people side of it. But what I came to realize was, was the coaching one I had a unique passport for. I could work with leaders. I started off in banking mm -hmm. and then uh, over the years grew from banking to, you know, just about every industry that we're in right now. We're, we're all over the map and yeah. with regards to types of businesses. But that sabbatical, you know, if any of you find yourself in that right now, be okay with the uncomfortable. Um, be okay with the, the not structured. It's difficult. Um, you know, do what you can to fight fear with faith. Mm -hmm. um, learn. Like right now is a time to learn. Learn about areas um, or topics that are really interesting to you. Uh, what I have found, as you know, we've all heard and know, is if we're passionate about something, our, our odds for success just go through the roof. Mm -hmm. So what could you fill your days with that you're really passionate about? You know, that is what I did. Building Champions is a, a a company where you know our logo is a torch and I believe we're here to make the, the flame burn brighter. We're here to make a positive and lasting difference in the life of each person we coach one person at a time. I do this for free. I do it all the time. It's how I like spending my days. Mm -hmm. Thanks so for figure sharing. out what you like. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's important. Um, you know, especially it's very timely. So well, let's fast forward to the book a little bit. Um, sure. you, you've written uh, how many books now? I've written three books that I talk about one that I don't talk about. So we'll just, we'll just say yeah. it's kind of three-ish. Sounds good. Um, talk about the book. Uh, just in, not to, I know it's a huge broad question, but I, I like to ask these broad questions because it'll shape where we want to go. But what was the, uh, the fire to, to write this specific one? And then now that it's out, um, how is it landing? Yeah, so yeah, the seven perspectives of effective leaders is a straightforward connect the dots leadership book. And the impetus for it was that I use the framework in organizations to help leaders to think better. And if you can help a leader to think better and then to create an environment where his or her teammates can think better, um, you're going to move the needle. I mean, absolutely. And leadership is such a broad topic. Mm -hmm. So I say that a leader's effectiveness is determined by just two things. The decisions you make and the influence you have, that's it. And I've had conversations with CEOs, chairman of boards, uh, leaders of small to mid-size, and we get into these debates for six years now. Is it really just decisions and influence? And, and uh, about a month and a half ago, I was on one of these with one of my contributors to the book. Um, if I haven't got you a copy, did we get you a copy of it yet? It's, it's an, I didn't get a chance to pick it up. Is that my PO box? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I will That's read okay. It. Well, yeah. you know what you're going to really enjoy in it is all the different leaders that add to the book. And one of them is Frank Blake, and he's mm. the, the non-executive chairman of Delta Airlines. He was the CEO of Home Depot. Mm -hmm. Good friend, great guy. And Frank and I were doing this about a month and a month and a half ago. And he said, you know, Daniel, when you said that a leader's effectiveness is determined by just two things, decisions and influence, he said, I shook my head and I said, you know what, you're right. And then he said, you said it again and then I started to challenge it. And he said, I was having this little intellectual debate. Is that right, is it not? And he said, then the third time you said it, he said, I absolutely agree. And he said, I think it's brilliant. Because when you look at leadership, it's so confusing. But just understand the intellectual part around planning, around execution, around alignment, around strategy, 
decisions, decisions. Which ones do you make? Which ones do you delegate out? Which ones do you need more information on in order for you to be most successful? Not perfect, but most successful. All of those decisions and that competence, the speed in which you make them, the clarity in which you, know, you communicate them, all of that impacts influence. And if you can create great decision-making, a great decision-making culture, and if you treat people as if they matter and they have an opinion and a voice and they're needed and they're engaged and they know that you're looking at the right perspectives in the business, influence grows. Mm -hmm. So I've used the model. It used to be the five perspectives and back in like 2015, and then we grew it to six and I wasn't ready to write the book. And then the seventh was the outsider, which is the role you and I get to play where we come alongside leaders and help them to make sense of the other six. Mm -hmm. And once I saw that, it was like time to write the book. Mm. So it's landing well. It came out October 20th, just a few weeks ago. The reviews are solid. The feedback solid. It's, you know, crazy time to release a book. You know, it's uh, (laughs) hey, here's my time or a good time. Well, it just depends, you know, it's (laughs) like, but you know, I'm, I'm like, Here's my book. Political, political, <laughs> yeah, political. Yeah. No, I got a book. It's whisper in comparison to, but the message is solid. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about, I know one of the things I was, you know, knowing some folks that work uh, with you on your team, um, one of the frameworks, I, I believe, and you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is just about, maybe I don't know if self-awareness is the right term, but self-inquiry, just knowing yourself, uh, the importance of that. And um I don't, like I said, I'm sorry, I haven't read the book yet, but how does that play in, play into this? Well, so, you know, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, social intelligence, all of these topic topics have to do with how you feel to others, right? That's influence. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you get to my stage in life, Daniel, and you get to, you know, the last three decades, four decades around amazing leaders, I'm a student. You know, I've never been the sharpest tool in the tool shed. Um, I'm a hard worker and I'm really curious. And what I've learned is that the best leaders, um, they're so comfortable with who they are. Their, their identity, it's like they know who they are and they yeah. know who they're not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, they know who they're not. They're not the superhero. They're not the know-it-all. They're not the end-all be-all. They can be replaced. They're here for a very specific purpose. They can be used for amazing, amazing good, but they need to show up in ways to where they bring out the best in others. An exceptional leader takes this diverse group of humans, aligns them around a mission, resources them, develops them, mobilizes them, and just stands back and supports and supports and supports, right? Mm -hmm. So being really aware of how you feel to others, how you interact with others, how you affect one another Mm -hmm. is a big deal with regards to influence. Do you think some of that's innate, just who they are? Or is it a process the best leaders you've worked with have really spent the time to work on that? I think some of us, you know, it's innate. You look at personality or behavioral profile, and there are certain behavioral profiles where you're more relationally prone, but um, that doesn't mean you make the best decisions. Mm -hmm. So just like anything from a skill perspective, you can grow and develop. From an identity perspective, you can grow and develop. Mm -hmm. So it's head and heart work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you look at all of us as leaders. I've always shared this with, with people. 
One of the greatest gifts for me, Daniel, in doing what I've now done for so long is seeing that none of us have it all figured out. You know, I was an insecure young guy. I really was. Um, you know, like I said, no college degree. I would get into a room and I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like I was the smart enough. And I'm sitting around all these, you know, amazing leaders and they got letters behind their names leading right. these big companies. And I'm in the room and I don't know how the heck I wound up there. Like in my thirties, I'm like, you know, if, if my thoughts ever got broadcast out, people would just look at me and go, oh man, the guy's going to wet himself. He doesn't belong here, you know? <laughs> and it was true. Um, but what I realized was journeying with amazing leaders is all of us, all of us have, a, have our Achilles heel. You know, all of us fight some demons. All of us have some insecurities or fears or maybe some obsessions. And, and there's no one who's perfect. We're all trying to figure it out as we move along. The greatest mm -hmm. of leaders are just guys and gals like you and me trying to figure it out. What aligns the best is they are really passionate about a mission. They really care about moving people forward and they really care about the people that they interact with that are going to help them to go from where they are to where they want to go. Right. And it's that head and that heart combination that that humility along with the confidence to know that you are where you are for a real reason. So step into it, like lean into it. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have all the answers. Your job is to allow, align the best thinkers and put them around the table and extract all the goodness from them. Yep. And then you make the D or you, you know, right. push it out there. But I could go on and on forever. Thanks, Daniel. Well, you know, here we are on Zoom. <laughs> this is a world right now. Um, I've been thinking a lot about when I was 22, coming at, when I came out of college, my first kind of quote unquote professional job, not washing dishes or whatever, being just that interaction of the, the FaceTime with different leaders in the organization and just building that rapport for the, the folks that are earlier in their career that are not getting that. Um, I have a lot of empathy. I think it's, it's, it's tough. Um, what's your thoughts on that? As far as if you're early in your career and maybe you are ambitious or you want to develop that, uh, you look down the road, I want to be a, a leader. Um, it's just, it's a different type of world now. So um, I'm curious what you're hearing from your clients, what you're doing with your own team as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you have to do is I think you have to continue to take risks and uh, one, one of the things that, you know, we do is we, we do a CEO roundtable. and years ago it used to be live and, and now it's virtual leaders chime in from businesses all around the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, the advice that some of them give is that you need to be, uh, you know, I, I think of Frank Blake, who is the Delta chair yeah. a few months ago, he was like, you guys have people over for tea on your porch. That's what I'm doing. He serves on four or five different boards, Delta being the big one, P&G, you know, some mm -hmm. big companies. And, yeah. And in his work with the CEOs, he's, he's talking to a lot of the uh, executive team members that report to the CEOs. And what's missing is that one-on-one -on -one piece and, um, and that physical connection piece. I'm not saying be careless. I'm not saying, you know, have blatant disregard for, uh, you know, the health concerns that we have with, with COVID. But I am saying... You, you can still be together. You know, you can still be together. You're in a, you know, you're in a virtual, no, I'm sorry. You're in a shared workspace yep. and I'm sure you're meeting with people. I'm meeting with people. Yep. Uh, I had a, we're, we're, we started a new organization to help these people. I just started mm. an organization called Set Path. Okay. And Set Path is a not-for-profit where we're going to bring mentorship and life planning 
to America's 22-year-old, regardless of color, regardless of faith and belief, regardless of wealth, status, demographic. I just want to impact every young 20-some-year-old who needs somebody to believe in them and see goodness and then give them a plan that will enable them to live a, mm. an intentional life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's called Set Path. We just, we're just launching it right now. We just got it all set up. But Set Path, um, we had a strategy session over here, and I've got an outdoor pavilion, outdoor living area at the house. And, you know, gentleman that you know, Todd Mosetter, who's yeah. just a stud. He's in yeah, charge of content and marketing at our company. The guy- Todd's awesome. He yeah. plays a key role at Building Champions. That's great. Brilliant dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but he and others were all here along with the Set Path team. So Building Champions, our coaching team, Set Path team, which is the young mentoring team. And we sat outside. And, uh, you know, that was more than two weeks ago. Nobody's sick. So, yeah, you know, young people, you out there, take some risks. Mm-hmm. Um, ask your leaders if they would be willing to go for a walk with you. Mm-hmm. Ask your leaders if they would be willing to have a – you know, coffee with you. Uh, you know, people are going to restaurants. There's stuff happening. So, yeah, that's great advice. Myself, I've been ratcheting up the, the the walking meetings. Yeah, and I just love it. And it yep. you know gives me not only gives me excuse, but it's I get to spend a little more time with with people. I could go hour and a half walks, and yep. it's it's been great. So um, that's great advice. Well, as we we kind of wrap it up. I always like to ask about Portland. You moved up here. You 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 have your business here. You now you can move anywhere you want, probably. Um, how's Portland been for your family, your business? How's it changed in regards to the growth and, and business? And um, what do you see the future here for, uh, you know, we're talking business related here. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, you know, well, business, you know, I, uh, my heart breaks. Okay. So you want to talk truthful? Yeah. My heart breaks. Mm-hmm. I'm so sad about uh, how we humans have responded and how we humans, and I say we, I'm throwing myself in here. You know, I, I, I drive through downtown Portland. It breaks my heart. You know, I don't know how the heck we wound up here. Mm-hmm. Um, not acceptable, mm-hmm. not acceptable. Um, and I feel bad for the entrepreneurs and the business owners that had the stores. You know, they had them for 30, 40 years on those streets and they're yeah. trashed. My heart breaks for those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I have a restaurant, uh, helped launch a restaurant, um, okay. a special interest in, in one in Portland and have some really great friends in the restaurant business. My heart breaks for them. I mean, they're, it's day to day, man. Yeah. So I look at that, that the restaurants, that's not a Portland issue. That's a, that's a, a global issue and very much so with regards to policy uh, being similar in the United States for the most part. That's a tough situation we find ourselves in. Portland is a place that I have had immense, taken immense pride in. It's a cool town. Yeah. You know, I'm an outdoorsman. Uh, uh, I like the more casual outdoors, professional vibe of Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I like well, the, the decisions that have been made to keep a lot of the foresty greenery beauty in the midst of the, the city. And I like how can, you can move around so, so well. Um, that will, um, continue. You know, my business is headquartered outside of Portland in Lake Oswego. I work out of a home office in West Lynn. Mm-hmm. We still have a, a little office in Lake Oswego that gets used for some collaborative meetings and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm seeing clients in Portland. I've got mm-hmm. some large clients that I will go and when they're in town and I'll meet them there and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think all of us as a nation are going to probably climb out the same way. I don't sit there and look at the future for Portland any different than I do San Diego or Chicago or Dallas or Atlanta. We're all going to crawl out um, as a result of what really happens with COVID. And, you know, right now we're watching. Mm-hmm. You're hearing certain states and certain cities respond in more aggressive ways. You're looking at what's happening in Europe and you're seeing lockdowns again. Mm-hmm. But if I'm to talk to my Portland fellow leaders, um, there will be, always be opportunity in Portland. And uh, you need to be able to shift. You need to be able to adjust. Um, keep your teammates really focused right now on the mission of the business. There's a lot of noise and there's a lot of distraction in our city. Yeah. And the more time we spend talking about this and venting, the less time we're talking about the mission of our business, the less time we're talking about how to wow our customers, mm-hmm. the less time we're talking about what strategies, what bets we need to place in order to move forward. I outline all of that in the book. And you know, early on in 2020, we needed to be making sure our people were really healthy and well, protect the team, protect the team preserve the business. You know, those were two big mantras at building champions, protect the team, preserve the business while the clients, that, mm-hmm. those were our marching orders from really March 15th on, but you, you shift when you realize, all right, our people are set up well, they're in their home offices or they're, you know, in the factories or in the plants or in the retail stores with protocol that stacks the odds in their favor of being healthy. Right. Okay. We've done that. Now it's time to move to the offense and focus on the mission and build your plans for 2021. Be agile and and plan quarter by quarter, willing to adjust. Plan for 2021 to be maybe a little bit more challenging of a year. I don't know how long it takes for us to to get out of this. You know, we're in we're in a recession. And uh, and if you plan for a difficult 2021, you might be pleasantly surprised. If you plan for a you know wonderful 2021, I just can't wait for the calendar to change from 2020 to 2021. Then everything's gonna be rosy. You're gonna have a rough time. You know uh, that emotional roller coaster for us leaders and for us humans is no bueno. So. Yeah, move to the offense. Yep. I love that. That resonates with me. I'm in that Mission mindset first. too. Well, Daniel, thanks for being on. Look forward to reading the book in full. Uh, I'll pick it up today from my PO box. And uh, again, where can where can folks find you online and um yeah well you can find the book at the seven perspectives.com and there's an assessment there you can take for free and see how you how you score in comparison to the database of all the other leaders that are taking the assessment the seven perspectives.com building champions.com is our executive coaching company and then i'm on linkedin daniel harkavy h-a-r-k-a-v as in victor y i'm on facebook and uh, from time to time, I get a bit loud on social media when I've got something to say about leadership uh-huh. uh, or I want to post pictures of surf trips or my grand, my grandbaby. But uh, that's how you can find me. Favorite surf spot in Oregon? Uh, I'm a Pacific City guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I, I have a, prop, a home there. I've been surfing there for, for 20 years. The best wave in Oregon 
if I say it, I'll get beat up, but it's a little further north. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of okay. a little secret. Yeah, yeah. Well, eh, maybe not so secret. I grew up, you know, in Southern Oregon. I, I surfed growing up. We'd do Crescent City a lot. Okay. And love, uh, I've kind of given it up as I gotten older, but my family and I do um, at least two weeks a year in Pacific City. So maybe I'll, I'll see you out there. Well, that would be great. And I think it's time for you to get rid of those cuss words you just said at me. I got older and I gave up surfing. <laughs> Nothing against stink. you. This is on me. Yeah. No, so. I'm looking at you going, stop yeah. that. Yeah. So, well, um, I'll take that advice. I'll go down, get my 20-year-old my, my board, and I'll get back out there. So, thanks. But if so. you ever want to paddle out again, you let me know. It'd be I my will. pleasure to, to take you out. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of That Cast a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.